guy called me. It's amazing what people do, and uh, you would think some of the basic things in the Bible you would know uh, that everybody knows. I, I'm always thinking everybody knows chapter 22. Everybody knows what I know, and everybody uh, understands what I understand, I, and I find out that they really don't. Uh, they, hey, uh, Zach, can you turn those two fans on here in the middle? Not all the way up, about halfway up. Those keep the air flowing. It gets really hot up here, man. It is toasty up here. Uh, but anyways, uh, this, this gentleman didn't know some things, and uh, which was encouraging. At the very end, he, he basically said, he goes, maybe I'm just unteachable. And you never want to get to a place where you're unteachable. Uh, if you do, then, then uh, you've locked yourself into something. God can't show you nothing. Let's go to verse 3, Genesis uh, 22.3. God's going to test Abraham here. Uh, we'll read verse 1 and 2 again. And, and it came to pass after these things that the, God did tempt Abraham. I already looked at all that. And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. He said, Take thy son, uh, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there upon a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, uh, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and clave the and, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went under the place uh, which God had told him. And uh, then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with uh, the ass, and I and young and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and, and, and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, uh, My son, and he said, Here am I, uh, my son. And, and uh, he, he said, Behold the fire. Wait a minute. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, Behold, uh, and said, My father. And he said, here, I am, here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb uh, for a burnt offering. And so they went uh, on both of them together. And when they came, and they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built there an altar there and uh, laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him uh, on the upon the altar or on the laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord uh, called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, uh, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand uh, upon the lad, neither do, uh, do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast uh, not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Father, again, thank you. Uh, bless us, uh, the morning Sunday school class and what we're learning here, Father. And we'll praise you not only in Jesus' name. Amen. This is probably one of the hardest things uh, in the Bible coming up to this point right here that uh, you'll see. Most people do not understand this. I've had more people say, I can't believe God would do that. Uh, God's going to test you. He's going to test you on something you love. It could be just about anything. Uh, he's going to give you something, then he's going to test you on it and see if you love it more than you do him. Uh, Dr. Rowan made a comment, which I thought was a, really a fascinating comment. I'll get way ahead of myself here, but that's okay. Let me see if I can find it. 
Abraham's act acted on God's word, which he did. Uh, Abraham, regardless of appearance, in today's society, the world said, oh, uh, you, you shouldn't do that. Well, uh, the question is, is if God is really who he says he is, which I believe he is, and the world is always attacking it like they do, which I believe they do, uh, they're going to try to say, oh, it's okay to do this, and it's okay to do that, and it's okay to do this. And, and God says, no, it's not okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, here, here's what I want you to do. Abraham was in a day. He would never do this today. He doesn't need to do this no more. This has already been done. Uh, the, the purpose behind this has already been accomplished. Uh, you will never find him ever doing like So if you hear people say this uh, today, like, oh, we got to do this, something to this degree, uh, there's something bad wrong there, I think. Abraham acts on God's word, regardless of appearance, lack of evidence. There's no proof that God's going to bring Isaac back to life. Circumstances, objections, feelings. Man, could you imagine um, Abraham's wife, Sarah? I mean, she's probably sitting back there. I don't know if Abraham told her exactly what he's going to do. Uh, but if he did tell her what he is going to do, uh, what she would be doing, social pressures. Uh, our, our government and our society right now has has turned modern-day kids against their parents and parents against their kids. Uh, the government has interjected themselves into the family structure where they shouldn't be. They should never be there, and never, ever in a million years. Uh, and I'm telling you what, when things happen in, in marriages and they go awry and, and a divorce appears and kids are involved, what the, what the government does is they get involved in that thing, and then they start dictating to each other, to the two, two uh, people in that I'm telling you what, when you go get a marriage license, you better make sure it's exactly what you want. <laughs> uh, because what you did is you just gave the government the license to get into your life and do whatever they want to do. Uh, and if you ever decide, now, it happens, so I'm just going to say this, but if you ever decide to get a divorce, make it as, as uh, peaceful and quiet as you possibly can. Because if you don't, and you get the government involved, they will never get their fingers out. Or if they do, it'll take years and years and years and years and years. Don't do it. Best thing to do is stay single. Be a eunuch for Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you say that's crazy. The amount of trouble you get into, first of all, marriage never was set up. It was never ordained by man. It was ordained by God. That's where it was ordained by. Uh, in the Garden of Eden, he, he had Adam. He made, put Adam to sleep, took a rib out of him, made Eve. Uh, gave, uh, brought Eve to Adam, and that was it. Abraham, uh, Sarah was brought to him. Uh, Rebecca was brought to Isaac. Uh, Jacob got Leah first, which blew it. He blew it. <laughs> uh, he didn't know what he was doing. Everybody, it makes it sound like he didn't know what was going on. He did. Uh, I can't imagine a, a young lady coming to your tent in the middle of the night. I know it's dark, and, but there had to be a candle lit somewhere. And uh, Leah jumps in, in the rack with you, and then all of a sudden, but that's the way God did it. Now, brethren, it wasn't this great big feast and all this other uh, a guy gets up here and says a few words out of a, a, a book. And, and then uh, the city, uh, the county, and the state gives you a piece of paper and says you're married. That's not it. Uh, the marriage is when a man and a woman come together and they love each other and they come together and God sanctifies that thing. Uh, and, and there's no place in the middle of that thing for the government to ever stick their fingers. But in a society we were in, you have to, I went and got a marriage license. Uh, Beth, uh, Beth didn't know my middle name until I got my marriage license. She didn't know my first name, I think. She always, she thought I was Mike something, but she didn't know what I was. When I got the marriage license, she realized it was James Michael. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's all in the name. She didn't care about the name. 
uh, she just enjoyed being around me, and I enjoyed being around her. And, and when we got our marriage license, the, the rest of it comes out then. But it was, our marriage never was based on that. But Abraham goes on, and, and he stretched forth. Uh, let, me get, let, me get, let me get where I need to be. I think I'm on page three. Abraham, Abraham, I'll get back to that. So there, there is, Abraham was classified as a friend of God. And a lot of people say, well, that's, that's an easy thing to attain to. It really isn't. Uh, this right here started back at Ur of the Chaldees. It started way before the Lord ever asked him to leave. Ur of the Chaldees. Uh, I mentioned, I, I was teaching on Thessalonians, 2, 1 Thessalonians 5. And it says, quench not the spirit. And another party says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Grieving is, is when you sin against God, you grieve the Holy Spirit. That's what you do. But quenching is when the Lord tells you to do something and you refrain from doing that. Uh, you just say, no, I, I, uh, I can't do it. Oh, I don't speak very. Like, uh, uh, here you go. Here's a good one. Moses up on the side of the mountain at the burning bush. And the Lord tells him to go to Egypt. And he goes, I'm not a very eloquent man. I, I can't speak. That's quenching the Holy Spirit. God is directly telling you what to do. Now, you need to make sure you know exactly what God's saying. If, if God is who he says he is, which I believe he is, uh, you will definitely know beyond a shadow of a doubt what he's telling you to do. If you do what I tell you to do, chances are you're going to mess up and be mad at me. And I'm going to look at you like, why in the world are you mad at me? Well, you tell me what to do. Well, first of all, if, you're, if I tell you to go clean the toilet, that's okay. Uh, don't come up and say, well, I ain't going to go shovel the driveway. I ain't going to do that. And I ain't going to do this, and I ain't going to spread salt. I'll come in here, and I may turn the fans on for you. But that's about all I'll do. No, that's not quenching the Holy Spirit. Quenching the Holy Spirit, the Lord will tell you exactly what to do. And he'll make you part of it. One thing makes me madder than anything, uh, upset, uh, irritated, is when a problem is is brought to the surface or a situation is brought to the surface and everybody tries to find a thousand ways why not to do that. I never do that. I, I'm, I'm the other way. I'm 100% the other way. I'll look at obstacles, but what I'm looking for is a way to accomplish what was just asked me to do. Sometimes you cannot do that. I got that. But sometimes you can. The question is, is can you do that? You know what, Abraham, the, diff the difference between Abraham and David and, and Judas was David and Abraham, when they were told what to do, found a way to do it. And if they couldn't, they looked for the way God told them to do it. So if God tells you what to do, guess what? He's going to make a way for you to do what he just told you to do. Matter of fact, he's already got the way made for you to do what he tells you to do. He's just going to see if you're going to do it. If you don't, and you know the Lord told you what to do, not man, not woman, but the Lord... Guys, here's the hard part with us. <clears throat> you are the man of your house, whether you like it or not. I don't care what the government says. I don't care. God's, God's order is the husband first, the wife second, children third. Uh, the husband and wife are, are not equal. You can say, oh, they're 51. I had a guy come up to me one time and got, got real mad at me because he said, I'm the man of my house and I'll, I'll set the rules. I said, tell me how that goes in about 10 years for you. Uh, I do make the decisions in my home. I take my wife's input all the time. Women, where your danger is in your life is you think that you know more than God does. And you don't. You say, well, my husband, well, <laughs> why don't you just pray for him that God give him some wisdom. And uh, just let the Lord work the thing out. And what he'll do is he'll eventually turn the thing around. 
But God's order is always the man, the woman, and then the children. Uh, we were trained today to think that's the wrong way to do it. Uh, so then you have a choice to make. Here's your choice. Am I going to believe what God said or am I going to believe what, what, what the world says? Well, the world, let me get you, give you this. The world can't get you to heaven. The Lord can. Uh, the world can't, once you die and you take your last breath, it says absent from the body, present with the Lord. The world can't get you beyond the grave. The Lord can. I don't know who you want to believe in, but I personally like to believe in somebody that can take care of me after I take my last breath. Uh, somebody who can take, I was laughing this morning as I was going through this stuff. Because when the Lord starts telling Abraham what he's going to do, uh, Abraham is looking for a way to do it. I'm not saying he enjoys doing what he's doing. Uh, to take his son, the only son, the Lord gave him, first of all, Abraham and Sarah were beyond bearing ch children. Abraham was 99, Sarah was 90. They were beyond it. They were way beyond it. There was no way they could actually do what, have a child unless the Lord intervened. The Lord intervened, they got a child. Uh, then the Lord, 13 years down, 14 years down the road, tested Abraham with that child that he gave him. So first of all, Abraham knew that that child was from God. It wasn't no doubt about it, so God was in there. I think that Abraham, when he was in Ur of the Chaldees as a young man, the Lord was dealing with him on some small things, little things. And this little thought would go to his head, and maybe before he knew who the Lord was, that, hey, do this, and, and he just did it, and it worked. And then he did something else, and he did it, and it worked. And one day, somewhere down the road, he got to where the Lord said, Abraham, I want you to leave Ur of the Chaldees. That wasn't the first time he knew what to do, and the Lord showed him something. He clearly understood it, and he got up and left. People say, how do you, you know what he's doing? He's, he's not quenching or quenching the Holy Spirit. He's, he's not quenching that thing. He's, he's obeying it. He may find a way to do it and have to, okay, I'm going to leave. I've got to get my wagons together, and I've got to get Sarah, uh, Sarah together, and, and I've got to get all her stuff together, and, and uh, all of her uh, blow dryers and, and curling irons and all this other stuff has to get put together. I wonder what they did back then. I wonder if they stuck them in the fireplace, got them hot to curl the hair. I don't know what they did. Uh, but I'm telling you, the women haven't changed at all. They've always figured a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. They'll, you know what? They'll figure out a way in any place on this planet to look good. They will figure that out. I don't care where they're at. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen girls wrestle over who gets into the bathroom first so that they, they can come out looking good. Uh, it's crazy, man. Women do some crazy things. So you know what that tells you? That you can do it. You can, if you find a way, there's a way, there's a way. If there's a will in that thing. But you got to look at what God wants, not what the world wants and not what man wants. Uh, I put something on my kids the other night. Uh, we got an offer. We were asked to go up to a church uh, up in Canton, Ohio. And the, the preacher asked me if, there, if we had any music. I'm like, yeah. But to get everybody off is, is impossible sometimes. You can't, to get everybody, so I go to them all. I put pressure on them, man. You ask my daughter, she's sitting right there and her husband's sitting there. They're the only two that can't do it. I told him I wouldn't say nothing, but, but that's, okay, what I'm trying to say is that's me saying it. That's not, if the Lord isn't in that thing, it ain't going to happen. And, and I don't want them, and I told, I told Adam yesterday as I was fixing his tire. <laughs> that's no pressure there or anything. In the snow, underground, freezing to death, getting all wet. Uh, <laughs> on, on Jesse's birthday. <laughs> Mm, but but you, I'm sitting there looking for, here I, I'm looking for an opportunity to do something for the Lord. But knowing that other people have to get involved in this stuff, the whole group, as Jerry was willing to go, 
wait a minute. <laughs> but, but you got to, well, I'm just joking now. Really, I am joking about that whole scenario. You have to look at that thing and say, well, that's dad asking me that, or that's my father-in-law asking me that. I can't get off work. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't. It just, it can't happen. But if God tells you to do something and you know it, then, then you will see the fruition of that thing, the outcome of that thing. God will bless it if you go on through with what he says. You don't have to see, Abraham did not have to see the blood actually gushing out of, of Isaac's heart. He didn't have to see that. But he knew, he knew exactly what he was going to do. Abraham is tested in regards to his love for God. The faithful man, well, and I mentioned this last time, but I let Brother uh, uh, Combs preach or do last Sunday school, so I want to just clarify these, a couple of them real quick. The faithful man not only will be tested, verse 1, he will be tested on things he loves. Uh, God's going to make sure that you love something really, 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 really a whole bunch before you get tested on it. Uh, that's why you need to make sure that God's in just about everything you do. Uh, and he will work the thing out. His, his response will be to go where God tells him to go. That's a faithful man. Abraham is tested in this stuff. The reader will observe the sun, the wood, the instruments for piercing the side, the fire, uh, which uh, the roast, roasted lamb of Exodus 12, 8. And, and uh, if you go to John 19, well, we won't go there, but uh, John 19, 28, there, there's some other stuff there that goes on. But Isaac is plainly a type of Jesus Christ here. You can't miss that thing. Uh, there's no possible way. What the Lord is doing, and that, that uh, brother I was talking to the other day, I think he's saved. He said he's saved. Uh, he just didn't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son. He didn't believe Jesus Christ was God manifest in flesh. He believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, a separate entity. Uh, you can't, you got to get to the place where you believe God. And I'm telling you what, where you're going to get that from is right here. You're not going to get it anywhere else. Uh, you're not going to get it in Greek. You're not going to get it in Hebrew. You're not going to get it in some book out there, some preacher, preach some sermon. You're going to get this thing line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. You're going, to, you're going to start comparing Scripture with Scripture, and when you get a couple of verses that doesn't line up, uh, then you're going to have to stop and say, okay, wait a minute, what do these things mean? I'm taking it wrong. If everybody says, oh, there was a mistake. No, you're, you're a moron. You're an idiot. You're, I don't want to say that. That's probably harsh. Uh, you're ignorant of God's word. Uh, that's probably the correct word, ignorant. Because what you're doing is you, you read something, you get it, and you say, oh, I got that. Boy, it's the greatest thing in the world to feel like you got something from God. And then all of a sudden you get another verse, and it's like, these two don't line up. They don't make sense together. Oh, I'll throw this one away. That's what that guy was doing the other day. He was, everything I was giving him, he was throwing out. I'm like, sir, you can't just throw out the word of God. Well, you know, in the Greek, I said, there's your problem. You're going to the Greek to try to prove the words. I said, you're coming to the Bible with a preconceived notion that you know what it's going to say. And then you're going to find the verses that line up with what you believe. I, I talk to people all the time. They say, well, I just feel that this is the church I should go. No, you shouldn't feel anything. You should be at where you're supposed to be. You should be where the Lord tells you to be. Uh, if you feel that you're in the right place, you're probably in the wrong place. I don't, I don't watch nobody come to church tonight. Well, you told me if I felt like it was that. I felt like we are in the right place, so I'm not going to come back no more. Uh, I'm telling you, brethren, the, the thing to do is get a hold of God. This world, this world will constantly put stuff in your mind that you will, will pitch you against God and place you in a place just like the government does where you make the final choice, and you can never make that final choice. Abraham could not make that choice. When it came to sacrificing Isaac, that had to be the choice God made, and he's just going to carry that thing out. That's why he's a friend of God. That's why David was a, a man after God's own heart. 
uh, people say, well, David did this and David did that. Yeah, but boy, I tell you what, if the Lord ever come down and said, David, I want you to do this, uh, go do it. David had a couple guys. He one time said, boy, I, I wish I could have in a cave of Adullam. So I wish I could have had a, just a glass of water out of the well that's at Bethlehem. And these two guys get up and go. Three of them go and get him a glass of water out of, out of, out of that, that well. And he dumps it out on the ground in front of them. He says, they sacrificed their lives. They, they risked their blood for this stuff, and I'm not going to drink it. He said, I'm going to just give it to God, and he dumped it out. And you say, why would God do that? Because David, they were looking at David, and they were watching David, and they said, David does what God does. We're going to do what he does. And if that guy says, breathe, we're going to breathe. If he says, stand on your head, stand on your head. Because I've watched this thing happen, and if, if David follows God, he always works it out. If I follow David, he'll work it out. He had 37 mighty men. These were some bad guys, man. These were some bad dudes. He had his own Navy SEAL group. I guess it was a Navy SEAL, Army Rangers, and, and uh, all the rest of them all wound up in one big old bag, man. I mean, he had, he had some killers. But David did. He's a faithful man. Uh, Paul the Apostle said this, Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Uh, put on the whole armor of God. you got to... You, to get to where Abraham's at here, and I, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's something that's going to happen in five minutes in your life, but you can get there. Uh, Dr. Roman, I like the way he said that. He goes, he seriously doubted that you could find a man like Abraham today. I don't think that's true. I think God could find that man. I think that man exists. I think, I think you could possibly be that if you wanted to, or the lady. You could be that lady. God does some strange things, and he's willing to use anybody, but, but he's going to start with a small thing. And it's going to be insignificant. It's not going to be big. It's going to be little bitty. Uh, coming to church. You know, coming to church is, you say, well, I don't always get something at church. That's not the purpose. That's not the reason you come. You know why you come? You obey the Lord. I tell everybody all the time, if this isn't a church you should be in, go find the one you think you should be in. The church of your choice. <laughs> you won't find it. What you do is you let God lead you. You say, well, I don't like, they say stuff. They make me mad. Maybe you need to be made mad. You ever thought that? Maybe, maybe you need that guy the other day said, Well, maybe I, I, I mean, after three hours, two and a half, three hours of conversation, I felt like it was a waste of time until he said, Maybe I'm unteachable. I said, Boom, bingo, man. You got it. Let's, let's break this conversation off right now. We'll come back in a week or so. When you, when you want to call me back next week, I'll answer the phone. We'll talk again. If he can get in his mind that, that he has been in a hundred churches, a hundred? And you still haven't found the right one yet? I don't think you're ever going to find it. If you go into every church in Dayton, Ohio, I don't know if there's a hundred churches in Dayton, Ohio. Anyways, back to this. Uh, Timothy 4.6, Timothy 2 Timothy 4.6, says this, For I am now ready to be offered. This is Paul. And the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. It's easy to say, I am, I am ready to go, but... But when you love something, and the Lord says, hey, I'm going to test that, then your emotions get involved. Abraham looked at his son Isaac. Isaac was everything to him. Uh, Isaac was his, his own uh, inheritance his, from his flesh. He didn't even uh, consider Ishmael as any part of this. He knew Isaac was that thing. Uh, brother, our, our, we're so far. We're the Laodicean church age. You don't have to be Laodicean, but that's the church age we're in, Revelation chapter 3. And you got to watch that thing because... The Lord in this time frame can still work a good work, a great work, and do great things with us. He, he can still do that. Uh, we just have to stop and say, okay, 
I, I'm going to let some of this stuff go by. You know what our problem is? I'll tell you, it's the wealth of our... We're getting ready to lose some stuff. I, I think I saw listening to some guys on uh, just different programs where they're talking about uh, the bear market and the, the, all the, the different bond markets and everything else. And they're, they're saying, everybody's saying, there's a correction coming. It's coming. There's a correction coming. You can't keep going skyrocketing in, a, in the United States by itself. Uh, all your supply chains, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you, man, that's part of life. Uh, you know what? If you trust the Lord, who cares? I don't have much in the stock market if I have anything, and I don't really care if it goes up and down, but I mean, I do care if I go to the Kroger's and there's not something on the shelf I want. That kind of ticks me off. You know why? Because I'm an American, and I think Americans should have everything. But Abraham, Abraham was tested on something that was given to him by God that he knew was from God and that the Lord could take away at any given time. Uh, you ought to make sure everything you got comes right from the Lord. I mean, it's the most important things in your life are, are salvation, number one, a relationship, number two. Uh, you should never get into a relationship unless the Lord's in the middle of that thing. Some people say, well, well what, do you, what do you do if you're already in it? Well, then you ought to make sure you try to get the Lord dead center of the thing. Uh, your kids, all that stuff, your job, every bit of that, you need to put the Lord in that thing. Because if you go to the wrong place and get the wrong job and get influenced by the wrong people, it can mess up everything for the rest of your life. Uh, Abraham always made sure the Lord was in it. Uh, and he's done a couple things that was wrong, but it, uh, as far as his whole life goes, the Lord says he's a friend of God. Verse 4, then the third, it says, Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I quote that verse all the time. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Abraham spent two days headed to this place. Uh, he did not know what it was, and the Lord said, I'll show it to you when we get there. He looked up at his eyes, and there it was. God directed his step. You know, that verse sometimes is, is kind of a, it's not a negative verse. It's a scary verse because he could direct your steps someplace you don't want to go. And you'll get there, and you'll, you, will have to, you will have to just trust him. And get your faith in him and your trust in him so that when you get to where he wants you to be, you can do what he says do. A lot of times, I'll tell you this, you won't know what to do even after you get there. You may think you know what you're going to do. God's mind may be totally different than what you think. The case is getting ready to come up here in Abraham. Abraham spent two days, two nights thinking of what he was going to do once he arrived. You know, he, he had it already planned out in his mind. Most of us do that the exact same thing. We plan everything out. We plan it, we plan it, we plan it, we plan it, we plan it. I'm telling you what, most of the time I plan stuff, it never works out. Everybody asks me what I'm doing. I'm, they get mad at me because I don't tell them what I'm doing 10 years from now. Uh, I'll tell you what, Saturday I came in here, I put some wheels on a, a, uh, a, a portable uh, pulpit back. I might put some on this, man, so we can roll it around too. This sucker's heavy too. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, you say, what did you do? Well, that's the day that happened, and I said, hey, today's the day. Uh, what are you going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow, and I don't know really what I'm going to do Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. Uh, I'm going to try to pick up a piano this afternoon for my daughter. Uh, I, I'm going to do some stuff like that. But I tell you what, it, for to get way down the road, I've, I've realized that sometimes you make all these plans and nothing happens. Uh, if, but if God tells you what to do, uh, you can bet your bottom dollar and start planning on that uh, because that thing's going to happen. Verse 5, and Abraham 
said unto these young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come, uh, uh, come again to you. Abraham knows one thing. He's going to go up there and he's going to do what he, was, he has done before. He, he had built an altar. He knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, he, when he came into Cana, he built an altar. He knows exactly what he's going to do. He knows uh, the wood's going to have to be placed. The lamb's going to have to be placed on it. He's thinking in his mind, Isaac's going to be that lamb. But he said right here, he says, And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. You know what that is? You say, well, why did God love Abraham? That right there. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him to righteousness. I hear people all the time say, well, you know, Abraham was saved like we was. You haven't an idea what Abraham did. You aren't even nowhere close to what Abraham did, and you never even think like Abraham when he did what he did. You've never taken your son up on the side of a mountain and was going to kill him for God because God told you, told you. You never got there. Your only son, Isaac, your only son that God gave you in your old age, and you took him up on the side of a mountain, and you're going to kill him. We have never done it. People say, well, he was saved. He was not saved like you and I was saved. As a matter of fact, Abraham could have still went to hell right here if he didn't die in grace with God. But he did. Uh, he did what the Lord told him to do. Paul says in Hebrews eleven seventeen, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he had, uh, and he had, uh, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it is said, you get the word begotten there? Uh, Isaac, or uh, Ishmael isn't even considered in the passage. And although he's begotten of, of Abraham. He's talking about just strictly Abraham and Isaac. Of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God would, uh, was able to raise him up uh, even from the dead from whence also he received uh, him in a figure. Jesus Christ speaking in John chapter 8, 56 says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Now, brother, I, mean, I was telling this guy that the other day. He said he didn't believe Jesus Christ was God. And he said, well, he calls him son of man, 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 son of God. I said, where in the world do you find anywhere before the birth of Jesus Christ the term son of God? So he runs in the Old Testament. He pulls up a couple, but it's all referring to after the birth of Jesus Christ. I said, no, you can't. Those are after. I'm talking about present tense Old Testament sons of God. Uh, you'll find them in Noah. You'll find them in Job. But those are angels in heaven. Those aren't, those aren't people. Those are angels. And you can, those, are, those are beings that were before Genesis 1-1. I said, you'll never get him. Jesus Christ in the Old Testament is called the angel of the Lord. That's what he's called, the angel of the Lord. Uh, he's a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. I, said, I told the guy, I said, he has been alive forever. You know what he's saying right here? I mean, this tells you he's God right here. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He's either God or he's crazy. Uh, and he saw it. How did Abraham see it? The angel of the Lord sit up on the side of the mountain with him. He had a couple guys said, hey, we're going to go down, and a couple angels, we're going to go down and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. What do you think about that, Abraham? Abraham goes, oh, man. Well, you, if there's 50 righteous, will you do it? If there's... And he goes on and starts talking to the Lord. He goes, and he goes on with the rest of the verse. For your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Abraham, verse 6, Abraham knew the Lord. He had talked to him on the side of a mountain. There are so many things that Abraham did that led him up to this place right here that uh, we, we 
I'm telling you what, what we'll do sometimes is we'll try to go from A to Z and never hit B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way down through there. And as you go down through there, what the Lord is doing, he's building up your faith as you move down the path with him. And he shows you people, you know, the first thing you need to do is make sure you're saved. If you're not saved, you can hang up anything else that the Lord's going to have, have you to do uh, in, in, this, in this age, in this time frame. You've got to get saved. Uh, if you're saved, then you've got to say, okay, well, what's next? And he'll start showing you little things. You do those little things. Verse 6, and Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering. Here's, here's where it comes. And Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it upon uh, Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and, and a knife, and they went, both of them, together. Take your Bibles, go to John chapter 19. You've got you to see this. I think most of you already know it, but if you don't know this, you need to see it. God's asking Abraham to do something because God, the Lord is going to do something too. And when he does this thing, uh, he's going to do it for mankind. And Abraham, uh, what he's about to do here is not just for Abraham, it's for all of us. Uh, what Abraham's doing right here is for every man, woman, and child after him, uh, when this thing comes into fruition, Abraham is the one who is responsible. Uh, could God use somebody else? He, yeah, if Abraham said no here, could he? But he didn't. This is the storyline. Abraham, for what he did, not John, John chapter 19, 16. Jesus Christ is getting ready to head to the cross. Uh, uh, then delivered he, okay, let's go back to 14. Uh, and it and it was the preparation of the Passover about the the sixth hour, and he said unto the Jews, "Behold your king." That's Pilate talking. Uh, but they cried out, "Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him!" Pilate said unto them, "Shall I crucify your king?" The chief priests answered, "We have no king but Caesar." Then delivered he uh, him therefore unto the to uh, them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing the cross, just like Isaac carried the wood up the side of the mountain, Jesus is carrying the cross. Uh, he, he carrying the cross went forth unto a place called uh, the place of the skull, which is, in, is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him. They laid him down. Uh, Isaac is getting ready to be laid down. Uh, that, this, is a, this is a hard thing when you start thinking about it. Uh, he's going to crucify him, and he's asking uh, Abraham to do the same thing. Verse 7, Abraham, as he's talking, Isaac looks up and says, And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here, am, here I am, I am my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood. Now Abraham, that's something else, carried that fire all the way from his house, kept it going all the way from his house to where he was at. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? That's probably the, the greatest question uh, up to this point in your Old Testament is that one right there. Isaac is saying, where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? Uh, you know the greatest question you'll ever have in your life before, before anything is, where is the lamb? Uh, where is the, all through your Bible there's just ver, there are passages that, that people say, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Where is he? They say he's going to be born. Where is he at? Where is he at? That's New Testament. The, 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 the men came to uh, Philip and, and to Andrew and they asked, Sirs, the, the, said, the Greek says, where, uh, what must I do? Now that's the Philippian jailer. Sir, what must I do to be saved? A great question. You've got to find the lamb. How then can a man be justified with God? The lamb. Who can bring a clean thing out of a, an unclean? The lamb. 
Uh, what shall a man give in exchange of his soul? The lamb. There is nothing else. You can't find nothing else. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? That's the greatest question. Isaac has got that thing, man. He goes, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Uh, it's not me. I'm not going to suffice that. Abraham goes, oh, yeah, you are. He goes, you don't understand this. You don't, you don't know. You don't understand this completely yet, but the Lord told me. Now, you know what a blessing part about this thing is? I, I got a little statement here I just wrote in. No matter what you are in history, where you are in history, you need a lamb. You got to have a lamb. If you don't have a lamb today, you're in trouble. You got to have a lamb. Abraham is talking here, and uh, Isaac just asked him a question, and Abraham has to start doing stuff. Now, brother, I'm telling you, God is probably the, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They're looking down over the bowels of heaven and watching this thing go on. And. Anybody who doesn't think this is probably one of the hardest things Abraham ever had to do in his life up to this point, uh, don't know much about families or don't know much about kids and don't know much about anything else. But Abraham put the Lord before his family. He put the Lord before everything he had, all, all his wealth, everything. Everything he had was in this young man. And Abraham said, my son, God, get, get the way this thing's worded. My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both went of them together. You say, what, what's so important about that verse? Abraham is saying God's going to provide himself, not just a lamb, but himself to be that lamb. ESV and the NAS, New American Standard and the ESV version, you say, everybody always says, well, all the Bibles are the same. Well, they're not really. Uh, this verse in those Bibles say, and Abraham said, God will provide for himself a lamb. No, no, that's not what it said says God will provide himself a lamb. Himself is going to be the lamb. But Abraham doesn't get that. Abraham's just saying what the Holy Ghost told him to say, and it's been recorded for us. But he doesn't understand at this point that it is God that's going to be that lamb. He doesn't know 2,000 years out there or 1,500 years out there, 1,800 years, whatever it is, that that, that thing is going to uh, uh, transpire where Jesus is born in this planet, and he lives 33 years, and then he goes to the cross of Calvary. He doesn't see that. But God sees it. The Father sees it. The Son sees it. The Holy Spirit sees it. They're looking out over the bowels of heaven, and they're saying, will somebody do for me what I'm going to do for them? You know what God's looking for today is somebody who will do for him what he wants to do for what he wants you to see if you'll do for him what he's done for you. I don't know about you, man, but I, I tell you what, to fail on Jesus Christ is one of the worst fears I ever have. Uh, I, it's, he's, he's done a couple things to me in life. He's done a couple things. Uh, that I've had to be in a position where something I really, really, really loved uh, that he gave me. It wasn't something I just got. It's something he gave me. And when I got to the place where it meant everything to me, he said, how much? <laughs> and I mean, he puts his thumb down right there and you look at it. And when you get to that place in life, if you haven't ever been there, you're missing something, man. I'm telling you, you're missing. I'm not saying it's a fun thing to do, but it, you're missing something. Because you sit there and you look at that thing and you're like, I know you gave it to me. <laughs> and the conversation is like between you and him at that point. It, it really, everybody else is mute. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's between you and him. And you're not going to come out on the winning side of this thing. The Lord is going to make you make a decision based on him. What is he to me compared to that? What is, what is that in my life compared to him? 
And when you get to that place, you'll sit there and say, it's nothing. I don't care what it is. It's nothing. It can't be anything. Lord, I know that thing is good. That's where Abraham said. He's looking at Isaac. He's the Lord. He is not you in my life. He's not you. And you said, as the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea, so my seed will be through him. So if you kill him, you'll bring him back to life. I already know that. But I'm not going to withhold him from you. We all try to stop God from doing everything. We think that we can guide and direct our kids. Brethren, you can't do that. They're not. When they get to an age where they're old enough to make a decision, you've got to let them make some decisions on their life. They have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ like you have one. The question is, how's yours today? <laughs> is yours really good? Here's the NIV. NIV says this. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. In a sense, yeah, that's true, but that's not what he said. He said God will provide himself a lamb, himself. He's looking down the road somewhere, and he says, I'm going to come and die on a cross, and I'm going to shed my blood at Calvary for the entire world. Abraham, would you do that for me? And Abraham said, yes. You know what that did? That, that freed the Lord to do some things in Abraham's life. Now Satan can't say, oh, yeah, he won't do it. It's like Job. Oh, you put a hedge around him. You put a hedge around him. Abraham took the hedge down and said, Lord, you can do whatever you want. You do it. You do it. You do it. This is hard stuff. I like it. I like it. I like my Bible. I don't know about you, but I just like this thing. Go back to Genesis. I'll stop here because, oh, I need to stop here anyways. Jerry's over antsy in the seat. He, he, he pinned me down the other day. You're supposed to be down by 1050. It's 1050. What time is it back there? Is that clock right? It is? Ah, rats. <laughs> Abraham answered, NIV, the King James says, and Abraham said, my son, God, will provide himself a lamb. What a blessing that God provided the lamb. Father, thank you for your blessing this morning. Lord, thank you for that day at Calvary. Lord, there's no way we could ever understand what you went through there. Lord, we read snippets down through life. And thank you for a man named Abraham, Lord, that would stand up. And, and Lord, uh, not understanding fully what was going on, but just trusted you through it. And, Lord, uh, such an example he is to us because today we can look, and, Lord, he did it, and we can do it. Uh, Lord, help us, each and every one in this room this morning, Lord, to get a little bit closer to you, uh, Lord, and listen uh, to your calling. And whatever you ask us to do, Lord, uh, not to be afraid to try. Uh, Lord, again, thank you for your blessings this morning. Bless the morning service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry, Jerry. One minute. <laughs> there you go. Amen. I, I, I got it down a minute, man. <laughs> They usually do that back there. No.